Welcome into the Backcourt Podcast. Here on a Tuesday night, we are going to be discussing some NFL action with the postseason only a few weeks away. We're going to be talking Draymond Green's indefinite suspension. Also, we're going to be getting into some of our favorite movies of the year. Really excited for this one. And let's get to it. Welcome in to the Backcourt Podcast. graduated you're on to pickleball you said the trip went good to chicago that's that's good man they kick you out again yeah i like said i had two devices on the call and i I do not so i gave them a one-star review on the quality of the call that's good as you should have man yeah i'm i think that's a uh, element of adulthood is I've whenever I have a bad experience I am so quick to leave an angry review. I am loving it. I am loving it. Well, Starbucks. That's... I had to do it to Starbucks. Have had to do it to Chipotle. I'm doing it to teams, and I'm just I just want to know that I'm going to be treated with respect. I I agree, man, and I I understand that for sure. It's weird because our campus Starbucks, like, not to like shit over them, because I, I like the people there and stuff. It's just, it's just not great service usually. Like, no. it's understaffed a lot of times, and it's just kind of a mess. There's a lot of people that go that like a bunch of college students. Of course, they like want coffee, especially finals week. But yeah, yeah. I, it's I don't know. It was just like also like no urgency ever. Oh at yeah, Starbucks. Like they never like are being quick or anything like they i understand to be short-staffed but like maybe you should cut off mobile ordering or like maybe when people enter be like hey we're behind um if you have somewhere to be i wouldn't wouldn't be here yeah i i regret it because i remember last semester i don't think we had mobile ordering and one of the people that worked there i don't think she works there anymore she was awesome i love no the manager lady yeah and She's like, what should we add to the Starbucks to make it better? I'm like, oh, like mobile ordering would be nice. And I feel like that's just like overwhelmed the workers and stuff. Like two workers at Starbucks having like a college campus, I feel like is not enough. Right. And you only yeah. have one option there. Like, but yeah, it is what it is. Did you watch none of this game? We had Seahawks, Eagles. I, I watched all the way up until I got on this call. And apparently I missed some exciting football as I see the Eagles lost to the Seahawks. Um, the Eagles, man, their, their offense is not good, which is so strange. Their offense, their offense is terrible. (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing about the NFL this year. It's been kind of crazy. It's been a lot of up and downs. Like you see Philly's going on a skid right now. You saw the 49ers when Debo is out for a few weeks, they lost three in a row. The chiefs offense doesn't look great. It's just very kind of. Hey, hot X all over the place, you know? Yeah. Because, um, like, I mean, there was no injuries today for the the Eagles, but, you know, they go out and lay another egg. I think that's their third straight. Um, 
and the previous two losses were to some pretty good teams in the Niners and the Cowboys, but like losing to the Seahawks is kind of unacceptable at this point in the season if you want to be taken seriously as a contender. Oh yeah. It's a uh, it's crazy though, because like Dallas beat up on them last week, then Dallas gets blown out by Buffalo. Well Dallas team... is Dallas is a team that's always struggled on the road. Uh, yeah, they're very good at that, home. That's something that plays good. into it. Um but I also think that the Bills, I think they're kind of back on track. They're heating up. Uh, the new offensive coordinator It's looking like he's doing a good job. So, Yeah, I, I like the Bills. I think they're one of those teams, like, it's kind of weird because this year, I guess we didn't really expect it, but the AFC looks a little down with, uh, you know, Joe Burrow's out. You've There's a got, lot of guys out, yeah. Yeah, you've got a lot of injuries. You have the Chiefs losing – some of their good receiving help, and they've looked kind of shaky this year. It's like Buffalo, I don't think this is their best team over the last few years, but I think they have the best shot to really make a run this year. Yeah, their path this year, I wouldn't say like the easiest, but they they can get it done. Like It's all about getting hot at the right time. Um, there's not a lot of strong records in the AFC, but I think there's a lot of good football teams there. I think that's why we see so many teams above 500. Um, like when when the Texans yeah. are rolling, when the Texans are rolling, they're a really good football team. Uh, you know, despite some injuries here and there, but they pulled out a tough win against a division rival, and the Colts are looking pretty good. The Bengals are back to looking pretty good. Um, the Chiefs, you know, not looking great, but one of the best defenses, and so like they're yeah. always going to be up there. The Dolphins and the Ravens, um. Jaguars kind of look kind of crappy. I'm not going to lie. It's so weird because all those teams, like a bunch of high and lows. Like mm-hmm. you see, uh, I think the Chiefs, although they have looked pretty shaky at times this year, they still have Patty. They still have Andy Reid. They still have Kelsey. So I, I can't count them out. You have the Jaguars who look really good sometimes and really bad at others. You have the Dolphins who look great against kind of crappier teams. And then can't really show up in big games it's very just i mean i guess i like it it's gonna be exciting playoffs but uh yeah it's one of those years pretty crazy where it sucks like as a Bengals fan like not having joe burrow because it's like it's so wide open this year that like there's not like that superstar team so like joe burrow on the Bengals um could have made a huge difference if you know he was healthy all season um if he didn't have like that setback the first five weeks um and obviously his um, wrist injury. So that's kind of a bummer. But Jake Browning is doing pretty solid. He's winning us some football games. Joe Flacco is winning some football games. Um, yeah, he is. I don't know what year it is, but it's kind of cool to watch. Throw it back to 2012, Joey Flacco winning games in the AFC North. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's insane. Because like Joe Flacco, he goes out there and he looks terrible for three quarters. And then, like, the last five minutes, he just turns it on and goes and wins the game. Well, it's it's crazy, too, because it's, like, he had, like, over 300 yards passing, had a couple touchdowns. I think he had one or two interceptions. Like, he just filled up the stat sheet. Three interceptions. Yeah, three picks. Go, I think it might have been, yeah, three picks. Um, and two of them were just terrible throws. Hey, man, but, he's, he's putting up the numbers, though, in one way or yeah, another, you know? Yep. 
I guess. Yeah. That was it was a brutal game to watch. I was watching that while running a pickleball tournament and it was just so boring. It was just yeah. punt after punt after punt. Man, I was I was really hoping for Chicago. I'm praying that because Chicago's probably gonna have the first pick that Carolina's pick in the mm-hmm. deal they had last year. And I'm just praying Justin Fields looks good. They win a bit. And then we can get Caleb Williams. I know a lot of people are kind of selling the stock on Caleb, but I think he could be really good. And I think that obviously Chicago's our biggest kind of uh, team in the way of getting him in the draft. Cause we're the second team right now because we also suck. But yeah, uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think like the whole Justin Fields situation. Um, I don't think that the team improves much if at all with drake mayor caleb williams because he goes out there I and mean, he's been playing very well the past few weeks it's just yeah. the guys around him can't do anything like he's he puts his team in good positions he had one really nice throw to uh i think it was tunyon uh early mm-hmm. in the game against the the browns and should have been a touchdown but he just dropped it and then we saw the hail mary hail mary dropped by mooney um just things like that it's like that that loss isn't Justin Fields' fault. Like, you, there's a lot yeah. of other things that go into the game, and that's not going to be fixed by, you know, Caleb Williams or Drake May. And that actually might be tougher for a rookie because, um, you know, you might get thrusted into a situation where you have no skill players, and then you look worse than you are, and you're not really given a chance. Uh, I'm sure that's what Josh Rosen is saying. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. I think it's... <clears throat> It's all. I think half of it's your talent when you get picked, like how good a player you are, how just overall how hard you work, talent, all that character, you know. And the other half is just the situation. You see that with Brock Purdy. I think he's a good football player, but I think if he's in if he's in New England right now, I don't think he's looking that great. No, he's not. I mean, he's a he makes the right decisions, he makes the right reads, but. It does get a little easier when the right read is a wide open Christian McCaffrey, where even when he catches it, falls down, he can still get up and score because of how far away everybody is from him. Yeah, that that's our MVP right there, baby. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy? Uh, Christian McCaffrey? I. It's one of those things like... I don't want Brock Purdy to win MVP. I feel like I could be doing that out there. Like <laughs> I want someone special to win MVP. I want like McCaffrey, honestly, Lamar, my top two. Patrick Mahomes, like yeah, these outstanding top, football players to win it. My top two, if I had votes, my number one would be Christian McCaffrey, and my number two would probably be Tyreek Hill. Just I would go for season. Like if you just look at like what they've done, um, and like what happens when they're off the field. I think it's a clear-cut case for MVP. Uh, obviously, it's a quarterback-biased award um, yeah. just because of how valuable they are. But, I mean, you could put a lot of people in Purdy's situation, and they could do what he's doing with that offense. And, like, yeah. Tua, Tua, you're doing good. But, man, when he, when he doesn't have Tyreek Hill, he looks like he doesn't look that great. Yeah, it sucks that they won by, like, 30 yesterday because I'm like, dang it. That kind of goes against what we've been saying because Tyreek was out yesterday, right? Yeah, he was out. But, like, I mean, against the Jets, who I know they got a good defense, but as the season goes on, like, is that defense really playing that hard? Yeah. If you're like, oh, my team, like, after you give up 10 points, you're like, well, we're not scoring. (laughs) So... 
Yeah, exactly. We're we're already basically out of the playoff race. Like, let's just. Yeah, I get it. You're never gonna be like they're not not trying, but the motivation's got to be down a little bit in the locker yeah. room right now. There's just like yeah, some plays where like you could give that extra effort, and you just end up not. And yeah, I think that makes a whole difference on how a game is played. For me, I would also give it to Tyreek Hill just because I think it's one of the years that like the QB play. It just seems to be down a little bit in the league. Not to say it's bad. There's there's been some good QBs this year, but I think that, like you said, Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill, some of these positional players have been really, really impactful and have put up better numbers in relation to QB stats. And Tyreek Hill, obviously he was out the other day, which is going to hurt his case for 2,000 yards. Oh, he's yeah. going to be he's, right up there. I don't think he's going to touch um, 2,000. I think it's... It's kind of obvious when he's in the game. Um, yeah. They're kind of trying to force it to him a little bit, I think, to get that 2,000 mark. But I think they might look like a better football team because I, I don't think it's in within reach. Um, just with the games they have coming up, um, some pretty tough defenses. So I think they're going to focus more on winning than trying to get him that, that 2,000 yeah. mark. That's that's the thing, though. I don't even think he necessarily needs the 2,000. Obviously, that's really cool and Great stats, yeah. but like, what he's gonna have eighteen hundred yards, what twelve touchdowns, or I don't know the touchdown number, but he's it's gonna be very, very good stats either way, and he's just he's so good, man. Uh, I, we probably talked about it. He's one of those guys that is extremely fast, but can also just like change a direction is crazy, and not yeah. a lot of guys can do that. There's a lot of guys that can be super fast or near his speed but they can't move like Tyreek Hill does right yeah, he just he's very hard to guard uh I'm sure we could lock him down but you know we, we have our mindset on educational prowess as opposed to athletic accomplishments so that's our reasoning for not being out there <laughs> yes yes sir I haven't gotten all my grades back. Our, our physics professor, like, he said he put in the grades, but they haven't won out to everyone. But whatever. That's a, that's a, that's a topic for outside the pod. That's a topic but, for a different day. Yeah. All mine got posted. Yeah. So I'm kind of happy. That's one less thing I have to worry about being an adult. I know. Grades suck. Like, I'm just waiting for it. I'm like... I emailed him, and he's like, yeah, they're in right now. I, I guess the students just can't see it. I'm like, can you tell me? I just want to know if I passed. I don't even care about the letter grade. I'm pretty sure yeah. I passed, but I want to make sure. Like, <laughs> and yeah. I'm sure yeah. you passed. I think so, too. The last test was rough, but I think everyone had a tough time on it. So we're chilling. And, uh, Big chilling. Speaking of chilling, who needs to chill right now? I would say Draymond Green needs to chill a little bit. Shifting topics a little bit. Have you seen the video of Draymond punching that? Which one? Which one? This the the I I know I know which one. The latest one where Draymond punches the absolute shit out of Yusuf Nurkic in his face. (sighs) What's our thoughts? Um, I. So I think my favorite thing when Draymond does something really stupid. Is waiting to see what he says about what he did to try to. He never apologizes. He never apologizes. (laughs) He said. He said in his press conference, "I apologize when I do something of like ill intent and like I mean to do something." First of all, that's 
apologizing for something you meant to do. It's not how an apology works. Anyway, second of all, um, it was pretty obvious that you tried to punch Yusuf Nurkic. Um, it wasn't even close. Like, you stepped, turned, looked at him, hit him. He wasn't looking. Um, this isn't your first well, defense either. Was, yeah. It was one of those things. It was, like, it was almost worse than him just, like, totally punching him. He, like, tried to play it off. <laughs> it was like, come on, man. He does, he does this and just hits him with, like, an upper weird yeah. wing thing. I'm like, come on, Draymond. Yeah. You can't be How like, oh, it's that? a natural part of motion. Like, no, like it was so <laughs> obvious. He's just like, he like peaked. He peaked, turned back, and went. Oh like, what goodness. are you doing, Dre? It's one of those things. I think Draymond, in terms of his basketball IQ, is one of the smartest players I've ever watched play basketball. But he also has one of the lowest emotional, like, <clears throat> emotional IQ. Is that the right word? Like, he just, he just is always like so. Um, fired up on the court, which I think makes him a good player at times, but he just takes it way too far and gets these flagrant fouls. He gets endless technicals and just can't quite control his emotions on the court, which has held the Warriors back at times. Yeah, and, it's it's tough to be like such a good like role player that he is, but also have like such a crappy temper. Yeah, um, but like you can tell, like Steve Kerr doesn't care the front office doesn't care like after he decked jordan pool in practice like <laughs> the next week they gave him like a max extension not a max extension but a pretty huge yeah. extension and it's like that's just that's like that's letting him do that behavior letting him get away with it and then they don't say anything afterwards about it um so it's, it's kind of it's interesting that they gave him an indefinite suspension yeah, it's it's one of those things with the Warriors. I get where they're coming from. I think they're obviously, I think they're very frustrated about what Draymond's doing, but they also see like they need him to win. He's been oh, yeah. a pivotal piece. I think I'm like probably even higher on Draymond than most people. I think he's one of the smartest screen setters, passers. I think he's a surefire Hall of Famer. And I, I just think he's amazing. And it's just, it frustrates me at times when he's like this. Glazing. I, bro, I'll, I'll glaze Draymond. I will. <laughs> what do you mean by that? You know what I mean by that. <laughs> yeah. He, I did quotations around screen setter because I don't know if I've ever once seen a legal screen in the NBA. Yeah. Watch Bam Adebayo. If you're looking to set illegal screens, kids, watch Bam Adebayo tape. Please do. Master class. Master class. Oh, my gosh. When I watch them, obviously, like, I'm a Celtics fan. And watching the Heat, I mean, they've they've kicked our butts a few times. But damn Bam Adebayo with his illegal screens. Nothing just irks me more than that. Like, it's awful. Yeah. It, I'm sorry, buddy. Um... No, it's okay. Talking about Erkin gears. Sorry, talking about Erkin some gears. Let's get into uh, the crosstown shootout. Um, yeah. Xavier has been kind of dominating the crosstown shootout for the last twenty years or so. Yeah. So this was what was this a week and a half ago now? It was. Um, uh, I think it was last Saturday. Yeah, and we so went ahead we and obviously Xavier versus University of Cincinnati. We've been having our ways with uh, UC. 
poverty school. But, you know, uh, we looked really good in that game. We've been a team that struggled a bit this year. Did we come to that game? What were we, four and five coming into that game? No, 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 no. We were like... We were not good. We were 500. I think we were like four and four, something like that. Let me check real quick. No, no, we were four and five. Were we really? Yeah, we were four and five. And then we won our last two, and they were six and five. But anyways, we were struggling a bit. Had a couple tough games uh, early on. Had a couple tough opponents, but we were also losing the smaller schools. But you know what? We played UC, and Centos was rocking, which is Xavier's home court. I really loved that we saw we had Quincy Olivari, who is really coming into his own, one of the best scorers in college basketball right now. He's averaging uh, high teens, low 20s. He's just looking really good, and I loved how he played. Yeah, he's – like, his, the numbers are kind of not telling the whole story. Um, I'm going to look up his exact um, averages here in a second. Um yeah, he's averaging 17.6 a game. But if you look at some of the games he's played, like the last three games, uh, he's had 22, 27, and 34. Mm-hmm. So he's really kind of just stepped into his own, um, scoring a lot of points, being a team leader, which they desperately needed. Um, they hit on that at a press conference after a loss to, I think it was Delaware, that they lacked a leader. Um, and he's kind of stepped into that role. He started playing really well. Uh, I'm glad to see our team kind of coming together, you know, to beat UC. And then we won a bye game against Winthrop. Um, so that's yes. good. We didn't lose another bye game. But I think we're starting to roll um, in conference starts soon, playing St. John's. So I hope we win that game, get off to a hot start. Don't look back. Yeah, definitely. I think we've. Excuse me, we got a team uh, full of a lot of new players that haven't played with each other. I think through the season, we're going to see a lot better chemistry. We have talent. Our front court worries me at times. But, you know, I I think we're going to look pretty decent this year. I don't think we're going to be great, but I think we're going to be a solid team. Yeah, I think we sneak into the tournament. Um, I think most of our season will be like a bubble team. And I think we win a couple games in the Big East tournament that kind of push us into like a maybe like an eight seed. yeah, maybe higher. But. I I can see that. And my question for you, relating it to our kind of more general audience, is if you had a t- top three college basketball rivalries, because personally, okay. I, I would know. go with you and I would go with UNC one, and number two, I would go with Xavier UC. I'm a little biased on that. I think it's one of the best in the country. And then number three, I think that you could go either way here. I would probably go with something like Kansas Baylor or something like that. Third is kind of a pick em. Maybe Syracuse Duke. They had a really good run in the 2010s. You have, obviously, um, Purdue, Indiana, mm-hmm. uh, Kentucky, Louisville. You got a bunch of really good rivalries in college basketball. Yeah, for mine, UNC Duke is is number one. Like, I don't think yeah, there's definitely. a debate. Um, one of the best ones in co- all of college sports. Not the best, but it's up there. Um, I would say it's a top rivalry, like top five, three in all sports. Yeah, but. I'd probably say that too. Um, I'd say like that one. I think Louisville, Kentucky would be it too. 
Um, I think that is like how even the series is. Um, just the success of both programs um, in their histories, you know, winning titles, um, going deep into the postseason, uh, making the tournament yeah. pretty frequently. It sucks that. And Louisville, obviously, you know, you know more about it than me because you lived in Louisville for a while, so it's a little more familiar with you. Oh yeah, people. Oh, they get they get rowdy about that, but. I don't know. Louisville's yeah. kind of on a down couple years. Uh, I don't think Kenny Payne makes it much longer. This might be his last full season. Uh, and then I yeah. think at three. Uh, see, I'm like looking at a list right here um, from Barstool, and it's got like Kansas, Kansas State, UCLA, Arizona. And the only problem yeah. I have with that is I don't watch a lot of West Coast basketball just because of how late it is. So that could be a great rivalry, but it's not something I'm familiar with. Yeah. But for my third, I'd probably go Indiana Purdue. Um, just staying with that theme of like continued historic success from programs. Um, really close games every time they play. Two of the best like atmospheres in terms of like home court advantage, I think, in the NCAA. Um, so it's always fun to watch. Okay, guys, you, you gotta tell me you gotta tell me what rivalry you said because you just cut out for a second. Oh, Indiana, Indiana Purdue at three. Yeah, that's fair. That's that's definitely a really good one. I was looking at a list the other day, and I'm sorry I didn't tell you about like the top three. It just kind of sprung to right. mind for me, and I, I looked at it a ton yesterday, and I couldn't. I've I went with UNC Duke. I went with Xavier UC just because I'm, I'm biased. I I think it's an awesome rivalry being at that school, um, and then after that it's kind of pick whatever you want. I think. One of my favorite rivalries, at least growing up in the 2010s, like I said earlier, Syracuse-Duke was really fun. You remember those? Like when Syracuse first joined the ACC, they had some nasty teams. Duke was Duke. was Duke Duke was really good. And Bayheim versus Coach K. Oh, those were some fun rivalries, man. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's definitely top five uh, on my list that I made 25 seconds ago. Yes, sir. I love it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, obviously some good college basketball to go here. I'm really excited for Big East play for our uh, Musketeers. Mm-hmm. And Wednesday night, I'm I'm hype. I'm hyped for it. Yeah. Are you going? Of course, man. I'm flying in. Flying in. Yeah. Flying um, in for that. Yeah. Are you it going? should be a good. No. God, no. Oh, yeah. Nope. Oh wait, is that is that St. John's? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Meeting uh, NYC. Yeah, the uh, home opener for conference I think is like the twenty twenty third against Seton Hall. But yeah, yeah. Do you want to roll into uh, you know some some of your favorite movies from the year? Oh yeah. Okay, so we're gonna do a little we're gonna do a little podcast. Near the end of the year, I'm just going to interview a bunch of people, a bunch of my friends, and we're going to kind of, like, compile a list of some of the best movies of the year. Each person I bring on is going to have to talk about a new movie, so, like, I know, uh, I know, I got, I, got a, I don't want to spoil it in case, I don't know the order of this movie, but we, we've got a couple movies already listed, and there's some good ones, so. What, do you have one right now? Yeah, um, so I have, you know, some of the movies that I've watched this year listed out. Um, and I'm assuming these are movies that came out this year. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. So I have a little list here, and my question is like, in terms of favorite movie, is it like my personal favorite watch, or like the best movie of 2023? Uh, I'm gonna let it be up to you. I think go with your personal favorite watch. I like to do that because I think a lot of people try to like separate favorite movie of the year versus best. Mm-hmm. And you know, man, I think it's all about what was your favorite experience watching a movie, and I think that's what should count the most. Yeah, I would say... Um, was it Jackass, Jackass 5, probably? It was not. I did not get the chance to see that, actually. Um, so one of my favorite movies that I watched, I didn't watch in theaters. Um, so I'm crossing that off my eligibility list. Uh, so the best experience I had in, like, the movie I felt most attached to, my favorite, was probably the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Okay, that's a that's a good pick right there. Yeah. Some I, uh, other ones, you know, I'm not a big Marvel guy, but I really liked Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Yeah, so, it's really different uh, than other Marvel movies. It's just it tugs at your heartstrings. I was like locked in the whole movie. I was never like, oh, what's happening? I was just like, I was locked in. I was focused. I'm like, what's next? How can this movie make me cry even more? Um, but overall, just a great experience. I I really enjoyed the storyline. Very different from what Marvel has been doing um, with their movies. This one felt like a more complete film. You know, awesome, awesome soundtrack as Guardians of the Galaxy always is. But yeah. Yeah, um, I, th- I thought it was really cool the way they did it as well. Because it was, you typically, through these superhero movies, you get the, you get kind of the viewpoint and the lens from like the lead character, which would have been uh, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. You saw him. Spider-Man is going to be the lead. It's going to be through his eyes. But this one, you see it through the raccoon, whose name is Rocket. Right? Rocket, yes. Rocket? Yeah, okay. And, yeah, it was really cool. It kind of told the story about how he was, like, basically caged up as a little man. And uh, he had a little animal. And he had to escape. Uh, and he got rescued, I believe. I haven't seen it in a while. But I did really like it. I like the soundtrack as well as they always kill on the soundtrack. And I think it was one of those rare Marvel movies that did make me a little emotional. Oh, a little. I was crying in the movie theater. That's good. I, I have a lot of respect for men that cry in movies. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I think another thing about this movie, too, that is, I would say, like, underappreciated. So, it wasn't a prequel, but it told us a backstory. Yeah, it did a lot of flashbacks. So, and they did it so well. Like the whole story, how they set up, you know, Rockets, his upbringing, his his origin story through flashbacks. They did it through like deja vu. They did it through like encountering an old villain, which I think was a really cool way to do it. Um, it wasn't choppy. It was it was very easy to decipher past from future. Um, and yeah, it was just a great storytelling movie. Yeah, I definitely, I agree with you on that one. It was probably my favorite out of the three, and it was my favorite Marvel movie since. Hmm, when was the last good one? It was the it was the Spider Man one, right? Or they like, uh, had all the three Spider Mans. Uh, yeah, that was. Oh God. No way home. Was it no way? Home. I think it was no. I want to say no way home. 
It could be far from home. Far from home would make sense. I don't know. Something about no, cause I, I Far from home, I think, is where they go over to Europe. And he's with, like, Jake Gyllenhaal and all that. And it, okay. Anyways, the, the last Spider-Man movie with all the three Spider-Mans, that was probably my favorite. The most um, recent Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. Because <laughs> there Tom was... Hall, there the was most recent Tom Holland... The most recent Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland and guest features by Andrew Garfield and, of course, the GOAT, Tobey Maguire. I know what it'd be. The GOAT. The yeah. GOAT. All right. So what was your favorite movie of 2020? Okay. Man, just one of my favorite films of the year. I actually went and saw it again tonight. I'll admit it. Uh, just a beautiful film starring Paul Giamatti. It's called The Holdovers. Hmm. Have Have you got a chance to see it? I've not even heard of that. Oh, my God. A beautiful movie. It tells the story of a, what's it called? Overnight camp, not camp, but uh, school, boarding school. That's the word, boarding school. So it's boarding high school. And there's a teacher there who is an old man. He's really grumpy, and he's brought down a bit by life. And he basically has to stay there over Christmas break and watch all the kids who don't get picked up by their parents, right? And basically what happens is eventually all the other kids go on this little ski trip, but the one kid, they can't reach his parents, so he stays there with Paul Giamatti, the teacher. Basically tells a story of their relationship and how they figure out they have a lot more in common than they think. I've seen the and, previews for this. Oh, it's it's such a beautiful movie. The way it's shot, Alexander Payne is the director. He has a lot of shots. You know how nerdy I am about this shit. Mm-hmm. But he has these shots where like people are walking, and he just pans over slowly. Or he has these cut scenes where it like fades out, and it's just like it's it's just really refreshing to see where you have a world of movies where it's all very techy and. You know, it's 2023, some of the best technology. This is very old school, has very kind of grainy feel in the way it's shot. And it takes place in the 70s, the story. So it was very, very good. Acting was great. Another one of those movies that uh, pulls at your heartstrings. Uh, I just went and saw it with someone. I won't mention them, but they, they teared up a little bit. So it was nice to see. Interesting. Who is it? Um, my father. <laughs> Oh, okay. I thought it was a woman. Oh, no. Um, all right. So, like, some other movies that, like, I just want to, like, not really harp on, but just mention that I really enjoyed. I would see the tandem of Oppenheimer and Barbie. Um, Fire. But Fire also, selection. like, some things I forgot about just because I watched them not in theater was, like, White Men Can't Jump. I really enjoyed. Air. Yes. I really enjoyed. And then... Also, like, Super Mario and Sound of Freedom were pretty good movies as well. Yes. So okay, let's let's hit it. I thought you were going to pick this movie. Let's talk about it. Sound of Freedom. Let's get into this shit. All let's right, let's, let's get into it. Let's do it. Okay, so one of the most controversial movies of the year in terms of the actor that played the lead role, the whole, like, uh, far right was very supportive of it. It was very interesting. There's a lot of like QAnon type stuff around this movie. But 
I personally, I think you did too. I really enjoyed the movie as it was. I didn't enjoy, didn't necessarily enjoy the people that were involved with the movie and the kind of underlying stuff. But the movie as a full, as a whole, I really enjoyed personally. Yeah, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, you know, going into it, like there was like whole drama around it, which kind of made it more exciting to go watch. Like it felt like I was a part of something. Um, <laughs> Wait, you, I, you don't want to be a part of some of that. <laughs> well, it, I didn't say which side. I could either be going to critique it or going to support it. Yeah. Um, I won't mention which side, but because I really didn't have a side, I just wanted to watch a movie. But yeah, I thought it, it was like a very good, very well shot film, like a great plot, a great story. And I mean, is it realistic? No. I think there are parts that are realistic that, like, it does shed some light on, like, the horrors of human trafficking and that it's pretty um, it's pretty prevalent in society, I would think. Um, maybe not, like, our society, but, like, you know, those more impoverished countries, um, you can see it a lot more. Yeah, uh, I, I liked it. It, like, it struck, a, it struck a serious tone. They did it in a really good way. Um, not super realistic in terms of you know rescuing the kids but yes the re- yeah. the rescue was crazy but yeah. i i agree as well and it was kind of this thing like all the stuff around it the lead actors supposedly nut job he was good in it though i, I give him credit yeah he, it acted, was... he acted well like i i thought it was a good movie and a lot of people critiqued it which i think maybe some people didn't like it which whatever that's fine that's their their opinion but i think there was a lot of stuff around what was around the whole movie how it was a super pro-trump thing and coming into it when i first saw it i didn't know anything about this and i watched i'm like i actually really liked it and i wish there wasn't all the outside stuff around it but yeah i think like where i I obviously i don't know because i didn't i don't care about the politics and stuff like it was a good movie it shined a light on you know horrible horrible actions that occur in society but like i think people were angry because they thought um you know outside of like where the money came from and stuff but i think people were upset that they thought it was advertised as like a 100 percent true story and then you go in and you have a guy sing single-handedly saving a woman a woman i should say a girl from you know sex slavery in its broadest sense um all by himself in an isolated village with just like a little boat um, yeah <laughs> and like a little crazy. two-man crew like it was it was very far-fetched in that sense but outside of yeah. that like it was really good like the plot to steal the child I'm sure that happens really often. Like, oh, come drop your kid off for this. And like, oh, okay. And then all of a sudden they're gone. So Yeah, well, it's it's the thing that it's like, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, it's the whole thing about, no, I have two, I have two points here. I have two points. Two points. The first point, I think what you said about how it's not really prevalent in like our country. It is, though. Like maybe yeah, but not. I don't think it's. Yeah, maybe I misspoke. <coughs> it's not. No, as, you're I, good. I think you're just you're saying that more of where like they're brought to is like Central America and other places, 
but there's ton of kids that are getting like kidnapped in the U.S. Like like in the movie you saw, they, they got kidnapped. Did they get kidnapped here? Or at least there's some people that are, and even even if it's not necessarily like brought into um, like sex slavery and all that, there are still like pedophiles and shit that are taking kids. It's disgusting. It's a really tough yeah. topic to tackle. And I thought it was. Although there was a lot of stuff around it that was not necessarily positive, um, I thought the message as a whole was good. I I think that it's a very bad thing that's happening. A lot more than people give it mm-hmm. consideration, and yeah, it's definitely. I thought it was a good film. And my other point, second point. Yeah, we have the whole thing about an artist, and you see this a lot of time in music and stuff. Should you still appreciate mm. the art, even if there are stuff outside, like the the person as a whole yeah. is not necessarily a good person? Yeah, being and able to I, separate the art from the artist. That's the same. There you go. I personally say yes. I think if someone makes something great, like it's the whole thing about Kanye. Like, I think Kanye is one of the best musicians or artists of our generation. Now... His anti-Semitic stuff, art. not great, not great. But not great. But does he make good music? Yes. And while I listen to it, yes. But I don't support what he says off the court sometimes. You know, yeah. off the stage. I. Oh yeah. Shout so out! Shout I, out to Lydia. Shout out to Lydia. We got shout yeah. out her artwork. <laughs> shout out Lydia. Great painting. Love it. Um, not hanging it up right now. Um, we'll hang it up. When I get my official place, um, I actually have a, yeah, a virtual hang it up tour. For sure. I have a virtual tour tomorrow, actually. So I hope that goes well. Oh, but, nice. Nice. Um, yeah, separating the art from the artist. Um, I think there's, I think there's a line, I would say, and it's no, it's a graph. I will draw out a graph for our viewers at home. So basically, so we all know about the hot and crazy scale, right? Like the crazier woman is, the hotter she has to be. Um, That was from (laughs) How I Met Your Mother. Yes. Uh, (laughs) It's it's a weird way. Um, It's definitely objectifying, which is a problem. I have have no opinions on this scale, by the way, but keep keep going. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying that it's a scale that is known. I'm not saying it is useful, problematic. On that axis, and we'll go with count on this axis. Yes. So, here's our... Ah, you can't see it. Um, Oh, no, we can see it. I saw it. Okay, so, basically, this is a graph. Jackson knows about graphs because he just took econ. So, on this axis, we have the problematic portion of the artist. Kanye's is anti-Semitic. So, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, yeah, wh- where is 7. Oh, my. <laughs> because he's not, like, he's saying some whack things, um, which are totally inexcusable, mind you. But, like, he's not doing anything. Like, he's not killing people. Um, <laughs> so, Kanye's talent, I would put at probably a 9. So if he's at a nine for talent, that means he passes. It's okay. 
It's okay. Super mathematical, I know. But okay. another artist, R. Kelly, um, on a scale of 1 to 10 for problematic, I put him at about a 14. Talent <laughs> is about... God, he didn't make Ignition, though. I haven't. I don't think I've heard that song. I probably have, but I can't oh, yeah. think of what it sounds like. Hot and fresh out of the kitchen. I think that's him. I could be completely. Yeah, I think it is, too. So his so. talent, I would say, is probably... He's pretty talented. I'd say like a seven. But problem is, when you get past a problematic rating of ten, there's no excuse. That's what we call a price... Oh, God. Um, a price floor or ceiling. Basically, if you hit... Oh, it's a... Uh, you can't go above it. You can't go above that ceiling that I have set. A ceiling of 10 means bad. No excuse after that line. Um, okay. A holocaust would be well above that line. Um, that's probably about 100. Let's... Uh... Okay, good. That's good. That's a good answer, Caden. <laughs> I would I would personally put it at one on one, but I guess you don't take it that seriously. <sighs> well I do take it seriously. No, but I, I like your scale, so like it sounds like we can't listen to Michael Jackson anymore. So Well the problem with Michael Jackson is that all of his stuff is alleged. Like Kanye, pretty obvious. Pretty proven. It is proven. We have tweets. R. Kelly is literally in prison right now writing songs about it and how he's he likes young women. Michael Jackson, dead. Can't defend himself. Never proved to be true. All alleged. Um, got some pretty damning evidence that I haven't looked at. Like, I haven't done the research, but yeah, I've heard but stories. It's, all, it's from- also the thing with, with MJ. You've got a problematic scale of if if what he did was true, which I if think it was true, it would be above a ten. It's above a ten, but his talent's also above a ten. So oh, what do we do in that situation? That is, that's what we call an extreme case rectangle. Yes. So is, is that a case where you can listen to his best songs, but you can't go deep into his catalog? No, I think, I, think it, I think it's one of those where you just have to make a disclaimer every time. And my box, my box. Good. Says, I think it's good. It's good to listen to their music. You just have to make a disclaimer. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And it's got to be like, hey, look, he allegedly did this before every song. He allegedly did this, but if he didn't, it's okay. So is this like so? Say you're studying or something, studying in a big courtyard, like a hundred people around you. You're like, hey guys, just want to let you know. Just want to let you know, I'm gonna listen to Michael Jackson. Okay, I know, I know he maybe did some bad things, but I'm gonna listen to him. I don't support that. And then you put your headphones on, listen. That's what I'm hearing from you. Yeah, yeah, make a disclaimer, make sure you know. Um, and for those of you saying that's stupid and extra, um, just don't listen to him if you don't want to do all of it. Because um, <clears throat> his music like is worth it. the disclaimer, to be honest. Yeah. Like, hey! So the backcourt lessons for life. I like it. Yeah. Um, 
it's also admissible in court. So you can use this as a legal defense. So call okay. me up if you need to be exonerated for listening to Michael Jackson. I like it. I like it. But those are some solid picks right there for our movies. <laughs> movies? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, and... It's just a, it's a wild concept because it's like. That's I guess that's like saying, no, it's not like that. But like, I don't know the people like I don't listen to their music because of the person they are. So yeah. should I be expected to stop listening to the music because of who they are? Okay, so for me personally, I know you went through that whole scale there. I'm listening to whoever, whenever. I just I don't necessarily have to like the person, but I'll I'll consume their art. I'll say they're a great artist, and whatever they do, if they are, I just like. If they're a bad person, I don't have to necessarily like them, but I can like their music or their acting or their sports play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and then it's hard thing. to do sometimes because it's hard to root for someone like, for example, Deshaun Watson. Right. Like that's that's not fun. But you can say like, oh, he is an NFL. He's good at football. Sometimes he used to be, but yeah, just not a great person. Yeah, and it just it sucks, especially like if you're a fan of that 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 team. Yeah. Like if you're a Browns fan, like I see it on Twitter all the time. It's like, oh, how do you support him? They're like, well, I don't support him. I support our team. And it's like tough because, like, with supporting your team, you kind of have to support, you know, their their at least at least their athletic achievements. So that can get kind of tricky. Um, trying to separate yeah, that's, that. That's tougher too, because like you're watching the games, you're seeing them. Like when you listen to like music, you can just put on Michael Jackson off to like see him. Like, right. You just listen yeah. to him. Yeah. But interesting topic. And we'll definitely get some into some more content in the next couple of weeks. Obviously, I got like what, like three weeks till breaks over pretty much. Caden's Caden's gonna be a working boy. Oh yeah. Ooh. Rock on. Oh yeah. But exciting stuff for sure. Anything else to leave our consumers of media today? I don't believe so. Um, I think this was a really good podcast, not going to lie. I think it was, too. And I agree with you. We talked about this. It'll be a little easier um, because we won't be, like, living with each other, so we won't see each other as much, so it'll be a little easier. And I also think it's it might be a little easier to do it over Zoom and, like, in person, too. It's where he has to say. But, yeah, yeah, it's, like, because I'm still, like, having a conversation with you, and I'm not, like... Doing things like off the camera that you can see to like make you laugh or something like that um, gives us more to talk um, about too. So yeah, what are you, what were you doing off camera again? Uh, I'm pretty sure you know what I was doing off camera. Yeah, I do. Yes, yep. I enjoyed it. <laughs> all right, thank you, audience. Yep, thank you all. Have a great day and off to the Lego. Shout out to Bob Marley.